Talking Sourcing, a podcast from Intelligent Sourcing. This episode, from outsourcer to orchestrator. Hello, this is Guy Clapperton, Editor-in-Chief of Intelligent Sourcing, welcoming you to the second episode of our new podcast, Talking Sourcing, once again in association with our sponsor, T-Tech. Our aim is to look at issues in outsourcing, contact center, robotic process automation, and a lot of related markets and industries. This time, we're considering how business is moving from a straightforward transactional outsourcing model to something more consultative, creative, and well, orchestrated. With me in our virtual studio, in other words, not in the same continent as me, are two guests. The first is Research Vice President, Customer Engagement, Retail and Travel Strategies at HFS Research. She leads HFS's research initiatives for digital front office services, including customer engagement operations, digital marketing, cognitive agents, and customer experience design and consulting, focusing on the trends and change agents that are driving customer experience across the enterprise. In addition, her industry research focuses on key dynamics within retail, CPG, travel and hospitality, with regards to customer-centric strategies, intelligent operations, and service delivery. And that's what you get when you nick somebody's LinkedIn uh, profile. Our second guest is an experienced international business leader, adept at growing footprint, increasing revenue and wallet share, reducing cost and transforming business through understanding the value of technology. He's Alistair Nidra, Head of Europe, Middle East and Africa at our sponsor T-Tech, and she is Melissa O'Brien of HFS. Alistair, perhaps we could start with you. We have FinTech, EdTech, AdTech, and just when we thought the English language could stand no more, there's another one, CX Tech, in other words, Customer Experience Tech. I wondered if you could elaborate on that a little. I understand you have, particularly you at uh, T-Tech, have a joined up vision of how all that's going to work. Sure, Guy, and a pleasure to be here today. And I, I just love the topic and the subject, so it's fantastic. Thank you very much. Prior to joining T-Tech, I was running and building a CX business based in North America. And some of the clients I was working with were in the, the gig CX space, particularly in, with Live Exchange and Limitless. And when I was working with them and other outsourcers, I guess, and BPOs, we were trying to look at enterprise value. And I was really intrigued by the fact that we didn't really have a catch-all for these businesses, these new techs that were in the, the CX space. And so I took my steer from the insure techs and the fintechs. And using those parallels, I felt that why not? We should look at gig CX. And I did a little bit of research. I wrote a LinkedIn post. So CX tech is the term that I just love. And I think it really does put these businesses into the right category. Okay. Is this something brand new or are you talking about a combination of stuff that already existed? No, it's a combination of stuff that already existed. So everything, if you think from IVR to speech to text, RPA chatbots, and, and particularly intelligent automation, machine learning, AI, all of these things have operated in a what we would probably have just called technology or technology for customer service, neatly bundled into CX tech. Okay, now, Melissa, Alistair knows what he's talking about. He's been around for a long time, but I'm getting a distinct feeling of vested interest because, of course, T-Tech assembles and sells this stuff. So I'm just wondering if you give me a reality check as an independent. How much of this is real in the real world? 
Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's real. It's been around for a long time. I think it's right now, the difference is a new, fresh look at how we design some of these things and put them together for, for better customer value. So you CX tech, it's a nice way to put things together and have it sound good, but it, it matters. What, what really matters is under the hood. You know, how are you designing these things and are you doing it in a way that's customer centric? And that's also helpful for your employees that need to work with your customers. It does sound very customer-centric or client-centric, if you prefer, which is, of course, commendable. But I'm just wondering how realistic it is to start talking about this new stuff, because a lot of people will think, have I got to rip everything out and start again because of uh, user preference or because of this new orientation around people who are actually using the technology? Yeah, it's definitely um, not something where people are necessarily going to rip everything out. I think in particular in the last year or so with the disruption that we've seen, companies are certainly focused on cost containment and you know, making the most out of investments that they have. But also at the same time, you know, you do need to make critical investments for survival and, and success. So really reduction of operating costs need to be in tandem with investment in, in automation and, and data-led strategies and things of that nature. Because really, if you're digitalizing customer experiences, making things easier for your customer, for yourselves, you're potentially saving on costs, but also improving experiences across the board and that's kind of a a win-win that makes a lot of sense so alistair from the vendor's point of view can you tell me how this starts a customer comes to you with i don't know a particular business problem to solve how does this actually work guy i love your question i spent a lot of time in the outsourcing business as it was then defined and i moved across to to work in the consultancy cx consultancy for a period of time and I think that what a lot of people may not be aware of is that, you know, T-Tech would be defined as a CX business whose North Star is to get an understanding of a, a business's issues and then to use our skills and orchestration to recommend a path forward. And this includes all of the CX tech enablement elements, as well as understanding how to leverage people to the process where intelligent automation cannot offer what the customer wants. Right. So this basically sort of augments the human element, as I understand it, rather than replaces people. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I think that you have to take the advantages that the technology offers and you need to pull these things together. So, you know, for example, understanding how to take the voice of customer and to take the best best of breed technology to automate and where a human is essential to the customer's preferences, then we ensure that the customer service person is fully equipped and augmented to deliver the best result for the customer. This all sounds great when you're uh, starting as a new greenfield site, you can start with all this customer-centric stuff and people-centric stuff. Very few major organizations are actually greenfield sites in this way. How do you deal with clients who maybe have an installed base of technology? It's a terrific question because I think when you move from outsource to orchestration, what you're looking at is saying that, you know, you've got a tremendous amount of built up experience over a number of years and you come really as a practitioner and everything that you're talking to the client about as an orchestrator is transformation and change management. And so it's really important to get an assessment of the as is state of that business and deep dive into those real problems to ascertain what are the biggest problems that are being faced. 
And you'll look at that and you'll see where companies are struggling with the level of automation they require. They think they've got to keep up with the rest of the industry. And it's really key to start from that first understanding of what it is the customer is looking for, what they're expecting, and then go backwards into the technology and into the way you deliver with the technology to deliver that best experience. So every company is different and the extent to which this is going to take them from what would be a 10, 15 year old technology base and way of doing things is extremely complex. And no one company really has the people to sit across all of the elements that are required, all of the understanding that is required to make this transformation and change. Hence, you go out to the industry and those people that really understand it and that have had experience in doing these things many times before across many verticals. Right. Now, Melissa, this whole coronavirus thing, of course, has pushed a lot of organizations into changing the way they work, regardless of uh, any advances in technology. Do you think this approach is going to help? Absolutely. I think, um, Alistair, you had a great point around just how complex some of the elements of this are and and they span across different parts of the organization which you have to work with i think that one thing that the pandemic sort of forced upon us and we've been hearing consistently from enterprises that we talk to is it's actually faster to make decisions now. It's accelerated the speed of decision-making and folks realize that, you know, you don't have to have a million meetings and travel to two different continents to, to make a decision necessarily all the time. You know, when we were forced to sort of overnight to move into a remote environment and you just have to get things done, you know, really the, the key is is around prioritization and making sure that priorities are aligned and expectations are aligned and people are on the same page. But, you know, once you got that done, you, you can make decisions a lot faster. So I think that this approach is uh, certainly going to help in, in this environment, especially. Do you know any companies who are implementing this sort of thing successfully? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. To, to varying degrees. I think everyone's sort of on a different digital transformation journey. And one of the things that we did see in particular at the beginning of the pandemic and in March were companies that were had an influx of volumes and interactions that they couldn't handle. They suddenly realized, you know, okay, this cloud thing that we've been talking about, or, you know, this chatbot, intelligent chatbot that we've been working with, we need to roll it out quickly. So I think companies that were set up that had been dabbling in using the technology for a while, they already had that kind of muscle to flex and they were able to, to move quicker. If you're poised to make that shift, then that accelerated move was kind of easier to stay on top of customer and employee needs in that environment. But overall, definitely companies at varying degrees are implementing new strategies around uh, automation, around having a data-led strategy that uses analytics and AI to just get smarter, get smarter, faster, better, cheaper. So yeah, the, the stuff works. Again, it goes back to the design. I'm interested though, Alistair, if you could perhaps run through whether you regard yourselves as selling technology to make a business better or actually selling a new company culture. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And no, it's not about selling technology. It's, it's about the use of technology. In fact, it's not even from the old sense of saying we're outsourcing human capital and we're applying technology. It's about seeing how with the pandemic has come this real rise in the understanding, the urgency to enable customers to be able to do things better themselves. So just the, the entire way that we engage in commerce has changed so much. 
And I think that fortunately for T-Tech, they invested, you know, over a decade ago, they started investing in companies that are providing CX tech type of services and partnering with a lot of these companies and utilizing this in terms of things like automation and cloud and, and investing in businesses like Voice Foundry and understanding what AWS and, and uh, Amazon Connect, these sorts of things have for people. And so you understand how to run the operational side of the business. You understand how to leverage the CX tech and going with the rightly how HFS have coined it in terms of moving from outsource to orchestration as a, as a if you like, a 2.0. Really, the key is to add the wrapper of advisory and consultancy services around CX tech and operational delivery or with outcome-based contracts. So it's, it's a maturation in the business now matched with the new needs of the business. So in short, to answer your question, you know, this is what we sell, understanding, design, build, and operational excellence. Okay, Melissa, do you find companies you talk to are willing to change their, their purchasing cultures, their procurement cultures to work in this way? Actually, culture is really the hardest thing with any new technology initiative or revisement or transformation. The top challenges are never just about the technology. It's always about how the people are going to use it. So a quick answer is yes, of course, they, they have the appetite. I think people, they realize that they need to change their culture, but that is the hardest change management, I think, is the most difficult thing. And taking that approach carefully is is really key to making sure that these things are successful. Okay, are there any pitfalls? I think the biggest pitfall is uh, lack of transparency, you know, lack of transparency and alignment. You know, what are we trying to accomplish in particular around automation? When you have people that don't understand what, what you're trying to accomplish, are you trying to augment my job? Are you trying to downsize headcounts? What's the actual goal here? And that's why you know, we, we mentioned this this change management thing. It now needs a seat at the table with you know, we always talk people, process, technology. Well, change management actually needs to be a part of that paradigm too, because people understand digital technology. I think now they, they kind of get it, but they need to see the benefit to themselves, to their roles, to augment their capabilities, support their working in a virtual environment, and then they'll learn to trust and accept it. So I'd say transparency and, and making sure that there's, uh, there's alignment to expectations. I think also I'd want to add strategy to that because, you know, it's like uh, if you get into a car and you say you've got voice control on the sat-nav and you say something like, just take me to a destination. The sat-nav is not going to be able to do anything because you haven't told it what your actual objective is for the journey. And I think that's a very important component of all of this. Relating to that, Alistair, um, how do your clients actually measure their success? I think along with the move to orchestration and understanding that this is a much wider field and that our experience and expertise can be leveraged in a, in a very wider sense, then we measure success by outcomes and contracts reflecting outcomes, which then, I guess, drives us in terms of a, a measurement formula. The traditional measures, the traditional metrics in an industry that was so highly metrics driven, we've, we've moved away from the small pieces of metrics into the into the bigger game, which is measuring those outcomes which a company is looking for to be able to take their CX story forward. And, and I think more of it at an emotional level, if we can understand 
as Melissa says, you know, if we can understand the cultural shift that's required by a business and that company is open to discuss this, then we would look at success as being able to answer the call to demystify all of the complexities that we're living with right now and, and together discover those opportunities to improve CX and deliver on the promise. Well, if you can demystify all of the complexities we're living with, I'll take two, please. Thanks very much. But uh, uh, seriously, um, that, that, that makes a great deal of sense. Melissa, where do you see this going in the longer term? Yeah, I completely agree with Alistair about the traditional metrics being broken down or, or being put on the back burner. I think companies are taking a much bigger, more holistic look at the way that they approach this technology now and, and the way that they approach the strategy. They're looking at things like, how is this really impacting revenue generation? Or how can we even open up new revenue streams by using technology and, and data in particular in a smarter way? So I think longer term, there's a mindset shift now that's toward experience. So, you know, you're always going to have the, the levers that you have to worry about costs and, you know, how can we do this better, faster, cheaper? But there is truly a, a mindset shift underway that is, you know, what, what are the experiences and, and how are we measuring that for, for real business outcomes? Okay, Alistair, without giving away any company secrets like you were going to, what sort of technology can we expect to see emerging around this sort of thing in the near future? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because I feel we have so much technology, we almost have too much technology, and the technology that we have available to us now far exceeds what most companies are dealing with in this whole issue of trying to demystify and leverage not based on the technology, but what the customer needs. And I think that if you look at the leaps forward in many areas and, and things like artificial intelligence, of course, I think that even the simple role of being able to listen to the customers using the technology and not having to ask them and, and moving towards the use of the artificial intelligence to be prescriptive in how we manage our services and assist our customers. So, Yes, technology is going to continue on, but I feel right now, you know, we, we have so much technology available, but it's getting that technology and putting it into pace. And Melissa, do you see any broader picture sort of technology emerging in the next five years or so? Talking about the broader picture, we actually have a vision 2025 that includes a lot of emerging tech platforms and it's centered around what we call the one office which is you know without going too in depth into that but it's really about aligning outcomes across an organization and breaking down the silos so that you can share information and data and uh, make things work smarter and essentially connect your front to back office is what we always used to say but now it's so much more than that because it's being enabled by smart analytics by ai by automation so i think that the, the biggest thing that I would say is is to keep an eye on the impact on on talent because it's really changing the way that we come to work. We need employees and and ourselves. We need to have a mindset of digital fluency. You know, really thinking about problem solving. Now's the time to think about diversity. We've shown that remote work can work. So let's uh, let's see how we can get more inclusion into our workforces. So really, you know, ultimately it's it's not about the technology. The technology will enable it, but it's this mindset towards, you know, let's break down these silos and, and get aligned across the enterprise for, for real business outcomes. Thank you. And finally, perhaps you could both give us an idea of how listeners can get in touch with you. Alistair? 
You can just find me at alistair.nidera at ttech.com. So that was short and sweet, uh, Melissa. Sure, I'll do the same. I'm Melissa at hfsresearch.com. And of course, uh, listeners should feel free to explore both of those websites as well. Uh, at the end of those emails, I'll tell you an awful lot more about the organizations. And that's it from us for this time. Many thanks indeed to our sponsor, T-Tech, and to Alistair Nidra for speaking on their behalf. And of course, to HFS's Melissa O'Brien for the authoritative, independent voice. My name is Guy Clapperton. This has been the Talking Sourcing Podcast from Intelligent Sourcing. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Yeah.